Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Slug Club, where all things Harry Potter and mischief are managed. It's an exciting time of the year. Here we are, thousands of witches and wizards receiving their Hogwarts letters for the first time and jumping into the world of Harry Potter in unique and fascinating ways. And of course, I'm talking about the release of Hogwarts Legacy, the brand new game that's been sweeping across the globe, reaching the highest of heights in lots of different reviews, in different parts of the media. You know, here we are, three years after the initial trailer preview of the game, back in the height of the muggle plague known as COVID-19. We were introduced to this game, and we were all just filled with wonder and awe. And we finally have reached the point where we can take our first steps onto the Hogwarts Express, off into Hogsmeade, and of course into Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry itself. But before we get going, let's not forget about introductions. I'm Justin. I'm from Hufflepuff. We also have others joining us here at the Slug Club. There is a legend foretold that every thousand years, a male Vila is born. <laughs> and we, of course, have tracked down that Vila, and we've brought him here today to join us at the Slug Club. It's my Ravenclaw friend, Jason. Oh, man, what an intro. Well, I'll tell you what, I think I'm... Uh... I'm probably more. I'm probably more similar to Fleur. She was only part Vila, <laughs> all right. So no, I got I got the Vila. I got the Vila hair, but that was about it. It's like it's all in the hair. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Jason's Jason's like Ganondorf. It's like every century, one male Garuda is born, <laughs> and he will lead his people. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually really glad that Jason picked up on that Vila reference because I was kind of crossing my fingers. I was like, I don't know if he's even going to catch what I'm even talking about. Oh, well, I Jason has digested the books. Uh, that's right. I have listened to all the books. I've never picked up a physical copy in my life, but I have listened to all of them. And it just makes sense, you know, as the male cousin who all of the girls just standing in awe of that magnificent hair. It well, just makes sense after all the years of being in the shadow. Yeah, it makes sense. And I'm in my 30s and still single. <laughs> you know, problem is too intimidating. That's the thing. <laughs> you're up there on stage playing music, playing being an instrumentalist. Then you know, nope, Listen, you, you're on. You become unapproachable. You know, it's yeah. just. All I have to say is I took a week off of work to play this game, so that probably tells you all you need to know why I'm single. All right. With wait, hey, but you know. <laughs> In the middle of that, you're taking taking nice walks with one of our biggest Harry Potter Slug Club fans, Peter the Dog. Peter the oh, Dog, yeah. who I also created. He obviously was a Slytherin because he is well, oh, he sneaky is, devil. He is he is loyal to me <laughs> and me only. He's a naughty little boy. <laughs> yes, a naughty guy. Yeah, I've got a Slytherin <laughs> in my house too. <laughs> I've got a Slytherin in my house who just peed on our hardwood floor today. <laughs> <laughs> rob I th rob do you have every hogwarts house represented in your house i'll tell you what uh you know almost because you know uh we've got our uh our older dog jack and he's of course the slytherin you know i say that he, uh, he peed on the floor today and uh you know my wife said that it's almost certainly because i did not let him out you know once an hour but this dog <laughs> makes it eight hours while we're gone at work. Right. Just fine. Yeah, and yet when I tell him no to treats, 30 seconds later, piddle all over the floor. Oh. <laughs> and yeah. I'll tell you what, that's a Slytherin move if I've ever seen one. Dogs can't tell you. <laughs> you know, they can't take the test, you know, on Wizarding World. But I'll tell you what, that was all I needed. That was the only answer to the test I needed. Mm -hmm. But then yeah. we've got, uh, you know, as we've said before on the podcast, my my wife is a member of the uh, the Muggle delegation or the Squib community, you know, <laughs> and um, but you know she's she's even uh, even jumped into Hogwarts Legacy a little bit and is uh, sorted into Hufflepuff House, um, which leaves Ravenclaw, which is Great for the cunning that values knowledge, wit, and intelligence. Three things that my dog Strider does not possess. <laughs> <laughs> so i like to think of strider as more like fang you know hagrid's dog he wouldn't be sorted into a house but he'd be able to hang out with the caretaker a little bit you yeah, know there you go <laughs> all right 
I bet Strider would love being out there on the grounds, running all over the Forbidden Forest. Hard to tame that guy. You can't, you can't tame her. You got, you got, you got to let a stallion roam free. You know what I mean? And of course, I forgot to introduce him. But as always, we also have joining me as my brother Rob from Gryffindor, who's never read the books. You know, I'll tell you what. I I really thought that this was my my turn. You know, and he was he was like, you know, every thousand years the stars align and and a male male Vila is born. And I was like, oh, Jay, you shouldn't have. I was like, damn, <laughs> blushing over here, <laughs> blushing over here, and then uh, complete disappointment. You know, <laughs> just what else are brothers for, really? Exactly. Can't get can't get a single intro. Can't get a single compliment. You know, you think about all the all the cool things that have been said about about Abby and Lizzie. You know, and I get it because they're fantastic. You know, and even our guests, our guests come in, and you know, I understand you want to honor the guests. You want to you want to leave them with a great experience, and uh, you know, I get nothing. I get nothing, but I've got Hogwarts Legacy to keep me company and to console me in my darkest hour. And I believe you have been playing pretty extensively, right, Rob? Aren't you at like yeah, yeah. level by, 40 right now? By darkest hour, I mean 3 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> uh, which is how long I've been up playing the game yeah. ever since it came out. <laughs> yeah, that was the first thing I did when I saw that text from you this morning was look at the timestamp. Yeah, <laughs> 2.30. Yeah. Multiple yeah, well, texts rolling through. What do you guys think about this look? Yeah. And of course, I'm awake. Guys, I can't decide on a wand handle. Somebody help me out here. (laughs) Will somebody please look at my wand? (laughs) Somebody please check it out and tell me what you think. Somebody look at my wand. (laughs) Oh, boy. But we do have a lot to cover. Wands, character creation, the whole nine yards. This game has been very, very exciting for all Harry Potter fans. It's been something that we've been basically counting down the days to get our hands on. And it's finally here, and we've been able to jump into this magical world, not only you know just by ourselves, but with together. I feel like this has brought so many Harry Potter fans together. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it actually broke the Twitch streaming record. And you think about the you think about all the competitive games that are played on Twitch, you know, and people tune in to watch this. I'm talking like Fortnite in the heyday, like when Twitch was young and up and coming and it just seemed like it was it was the days of ninja and pewdiepie and you've even got like other games like call of duty you've got people playing apex you've got all of these you know different competitive games that people are tuning in for and what is it that breaks the uh record hogwarts legacy hogwarts legacy hogwarts legacy bringing the world together while its creator is trying to tear it apart and we do want to be very clear. J.K. Rowling had nothing to do with the creation of this game. I actually found exactly. that out by searching, you know, Hogwarts Legacy. And oddly enough, the first thing that pops up, J.K. Rowling had nothing to do with this game. Please buy it. Yeah, yeah. please buy it. <laughs> Which I think is kind of interesting because when Universal bought the rights to put the Hogwarts stuff in their theme park, she was an integral part of it like wouldn't even allow universal to sell things like coke or pepsi or whatever they had to deal with in in hogsmeade or in diagon alley like everything had to be authentically themed so the fact that she was not involved in this was a bit of a surprise but considering how a lot of her fan base has sort of turned their back on her and even some a lot of the actors and actresses who are in the movies i think the game stands on its own and uh, will succeed without her all right so to clarify because you know i looked it up so it was a record-breaking 1.28 million peak concurrent viewers which breaks the record for a single player game and makes it the only single player game that sits within the top 50 in twitch viewership Okay, so there are other other competitive games are probably getting more views than this, but League of Legends hit a record uh, 3.11 million concurrent viewers. You know what I mean? Um, so that's like the top of the list. Uh, so League of Legends has the overall record, and then Fortnite is uh, second with uh, 2.28 million. All of those are multiplayer games. You know, or they're online uh, games. 
Um, so this is the only single player game though that is within that top 50 which which does say a lot because you think about the games um single player you know action games or rpg games that have been streamed uh we've got um god of war ragnarok that's came out recently assassin's creed we've also got uh, what jedi fallen order and games like that 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 aren't coming close to this all of a sudden hogwarts legacy has broken that glass ceiling for single player games now, we are going to be giving our first impressions on the game, hopefully not giving away too many spoilers for all of you joining us who either have already started playing your own versions of the game or have yet to buy the game. And so we do want to honor you guys that are joining us today here on the Slug Club. But before we get going into our review, Rob, I understand that there isn't a lot of time that we have to dedicate to the advertisement that's scheduled for today's meeting. Is that correct? Yeah, obviously, you know, whenever we have advertisers, it's there's there's a lot of handshake deals that go on. You know what I mean? But we definitely want to honor the uh, the obligation and the agreements that we've made with uh, with these different uh, corporations and different uh, organizations, different products that have been released. Um, and we do have a very good one for today's episode. Now, I don't know about everybody who's listening. But uh, we have a, a father, Justin and I, who is part of the baby boomer generation. And that means that we grew up with some of the great classic superhero television shows of the 60s and 70s. I'm talking about the old school Spider-Man. Some of you may only know that song from uh, the Simpsons movie, Singing Spider-Pig. No, but I'm talking about the old days of that theme song. I'm talking about the 60s and 70s where theme songs all were amazing. You had Spider-Man, Spider-Man, and then you go over to Captain America, when Captain America throws his mighty shield, all the way to the mighty Hercules. And that's also a period, you know, the 70s and uh, 60s, where everybody, everybody had to sing like this. <laughs> you know, it was just, uh, it was just the way... Everybody who sings in uh, before 1970, it was like before the Beatles came around in the late 60s, it was just everybody was singing like Rock of Ages. <laughs> it was just the only way it could be it could be done. It was like, hey, dude, are you sure that people are going to want to listen to this? It's like, hey, it's the only way that we can put it onto the vinyl is it has to be so <laughs> glaringly bright and tinny and sound. Um, so that was the way it was, you know, until, until better days. Um, but we also watched a great superhero classic, and that is the Super Friends. Of course, the Super Friends. And I'm talking about so we've got the Super Friends TV show where the only way you could tell if you were blind and if you closed your eyes, you could not tell the different superheroes apart. The only way you could distinguish them is when they said the other heroes' names. For example, it would be like, Superman, look out. I've got it, Batman. <laughs> Flash, it's over to you. I've got him. It's like they had one guy. It's like they had one guy do all the voices. And he just keeps in the same studio. He's just throwing it back and forth to himself. Hey, I've been working on this Flash. What do you guys think? And then he reads it. It's like, oh, nailed it. Nailed it, man. It's perfect. Oh, my gosh. George Gold once again. <laughs> Even Robin, who's supposed to be a teenager, sounds exactly like the other adults in the team. Even even characters in the Super Friends of different ethnicities and backgrounds. El Dorado sounds exactly like Superman, who grew up in Smallville, Kansas. You've also got uh, Apache, Apache Chief. Chief. Also sounds exactly like <laughs> Batman who grew up in Gotham, you know, which is almost certainly New Jersey. <laughs> it's just, I feel like it, like Gotham was created by a guy from New York city who just really hates New Jersey. And it's like, Oh yeah, it's dark. It's terrible. Nobody wants to live there, <laughs> but we grew up with all of these great shows. And you know what? With everything being rebooted nowadays and everything, I mean, even Scooby-Doo just got a remake and a reboot, which I heard did not go well. Hopefully this will be different because we've got an old school in the in the same vein as the 1970s and the 1960s. We've got an old fashioned superhero show. Um, so without further ado, we are going to kick it over to our ad 
for the adventures of the White Knight. Friendly neighborhood White Knight. <laughs> Are you looking for fantastic feats and where to find them? Well, look no further, friend, for you've entered into the domain of the defender of Diver City. Born into a privileged, upper-middle-class, college-educated family, everything changed for young Dwight Quilt when he realized the power of his voice. Now armed with the voice of truth, his truth, that is, his mission is to speak for the victimized while putting the victim of blamers on blast. He goes by many names, the Paragon of Perfection, the Keyboard Crusader. May all deplorables be dismayed by the adventures of the White Knight. In the great utopia that is Diver City, we join the White Knight after yet another victory. That'll teach that small business owner for telling a joke 20 years ago. Another day saved thanks to the White Knight. Ah, oh, great! Now I can't pick up my kid's prescription. Thanks a lot, White Knight. No thanks necessary, citizen. It's all in a day's work for a do-gooder. Just then, a bright beacon shines in the sky above. He gets! It's the virtue signal! The White Knight bounds off at the beacon's beckon, and in a flash we find ourselves in the hero's superhero sanctum, surreptitiously located in the basement of his parents' home. <laughs> While at work at his computer, he is approached by Albert, his parents' butler. Master Dwight, will you be joining us for dinner? I've made my famous tomato bisque. Put it in a Tupperware, Albert! I have urgent business here. Evil is afoot! The White Knight's fingertips flash in a flurry of fury as he investigates the injustice at hand. Multiple tabs are tabulated as his screen flurries from one screen to another, generously going over and copiously combing over every single social media detail from the individual. And you see in the eyes of the White Knight a building of just rage. Rage! Rage! <laughs> from 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> White! Get down here, your food is getting cold! Ma! Not now! Fight crime! <laughs> These people gotta know! Oh, yes. Rage! There it is. It's been sent. I've just posted inside of the White Knight Facebook group. And how many people are in there? Albert, you have to understand, my voice is very powerful. Very important. So, thousands? There are 225. He's doing better than the slip club. <laughs> <laughs> More will join, because it's the call of justice to answer all of the evil that is at hand. Shouldn't you be off to pursue the ne'er-do-well, sir? No, that's all for today. Besides, Metal Bisque is my favorite. Will the White Knight be able to resolve this injustice? Tune in next week, where the episodes are never the same, because the White Knight always fights the status quo. We'll see you next week to find out. All right, so there we have it, The Adventures of the White Knight, you guys. Sounds sounds absolutely thrilling. It reminds me of, like, uh, the Super Friends, where it was like, later at the Hall of Justice. <laughs> Reminded me of Thanksgiving dinner with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> now, usually all of our ads are very, very much uh, themed with the, the world of Harry Potter and in our things that are in the Potter sphere. But this uh this advertiser just reached out to us in response to all the backlash that Hogwarts Legacy has been receiving lately. And I've been hearing that like there's been a lot of backlash and there's been like people on Twitch streamers who have been who have been harassed for streaming the game. Um and this is, you know, people who are, you know, upset about, you know, comments that JK Rowling has made. And I've heard that this is like ubiquitous, that this is everywhere. And then I talked to Jason about it, and Jason was like, "Oh, people are mad." <laughs> like it's, a, and then I realized I was like, "Oh, maybe, maybe that many people aren't mad." Well, I think people are mad. I mean, I've heard of people boycotting the game, but I think it just comes down to, uh, like, you don't you don't judge the son for the sins of their father, you know? Yeah. You, uh, regardless of whether you agree with her or not, the world that she created isn't flawed because of her views on uh, 
and whatever society in general human beings uh, all that kind of stuff so i think they can be they are not easily separated but they can be separated yeah yeah and and obviously whenever there's any kind of artistic expression the person like is coming with their background their ideals you know their worldview into it but it's 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 not every i mean like harry potter is not an allegory that it's a perfect representation of everything that J.K. Rowling adheres to and believes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. In fact, I, I'm old enough to remember 15 years ago where J.K. Rowling was championed mm-hmm. for uh, for being very progressive in the right. the building of the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. Um, which, you know, just shows you. And I find myself in a really weird position, right? Because uh, I'm used to, you know, growing up in, you know, kind of conservative evangelical Christian circles. I'm used to, you know, having to tiptoe around Harry Potter discussions because you never know if you're going to walk into somebody <laughs> who's going to be like, oh, that's demonic. That's the devil. <laughs> right. You know, um, like people hear that you are a fan of Harry Potter and they ima- automatically think you're drawing pentagrams in the dirt in your backyard and sacrificing live chickens. Um, <laughs> it's just uh, the, the, the thing is, like, I'm used to that. But now I find myself in a weird position where I have to tiptoe around everybody. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter who you're talking to now. It's like very hard to even be like, yeah. Oh, so have you, uh, you know, been uh, seeing the Harry Potter game? I had a family member um, who even like was posting on social media like, hey, if you're getting the game, unfriend me. You know, and I was like, geez, that doesn't se-. I had to really deal with like struggle and think this through. You know, as far as like sit down and think about, you know, the ramifications of this game. And um, then I decided to get the game. And I decided <laughs> to get the game. <laughs> it was like, you know, if uh, if I were to tell you if you were a person who enjoyed knitting and I were to come up to you and be like, oh, well, did you hear about what, you know, the person who invented knitting said that one time All right. and be like, if you cared about me, that person who that, you know, that. Let's say that the person who invented knitting said some very uh, hateful things towards Italian people. I'd be like, hey, as an Italian, and if you really love me and care about me, you will never knit again. (laughs) It's like, I can't make those demands of people. And also, it doesn't really follow that like, oh, because you like knitting, you therefore adhere to everything the person who created it ever thought and and said. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? it's a it's a flawed kind of argument um and really i have to remind myself because i have i have many different uh people i pride myself on you know having curated on social media people of all different backgrounds and you know whether that's political racial ethnic uh religious views hogwarts houses yeah yeah, of different hogwarts houses (laughs) muggles quibs alike you know pure bloods half bloods it's just I've curated it so that I'm I'm not putting myself into a bubble where I'm only just hearing things from from, you know, like my camp. And yet that is the only person that I've that I've heard like negative boycott against uh, Hogwarts legacy things from. So I have to remind myself like, okay, this isn't as ubiquitous as it is. But the problem with social media, things like YouTube comments and Twitch comments is uh that you know it's a very small number of people who are commenting on youtube videos because you you ask yourself how many youtube videos have you ever commented on for me exactly zero zero (laughs) it's like i have commented on exactly zero youtube videos i've watched thousands upon thousands (laughs) of videos (laughs) commented on not a single one of them you know what i mean unless they're like hey we're doing a giveaway for something that you want i'm like Sure, I'll put one word in like comment. Mm-hmm. I'm not going into diatribe arguments with people in in YouTube comments or on social media. And uh, also the statistic that 90% of like all uh, Twitter comments are made by like 1% of users on Twitter. Right. Yeah, the loud minority. Yeah. And it's it's not just the loud minority. It's it and it and it helps it almost I almost feel empathy for I shouldn't say almost. I do feel empathy for people because you think about the time the frustration and the you know that that must cause dedicating so much of your time to just arguing with with strangers online 
you know, are the people that you've never even met. I think the social media has been uh, just just twisted our perception of what reality is. Um, and sometimes that means like sometimes we think that the 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 rage and the outrage is greater than it actually is. That's what I'm trying to say. The argument of like, oh, if you play games, if you play this video game, it's because you have hatred in your heart or it's like because you want to support, you know, somebody who is hateful, you know, yeah. and, and and I'm not even saying J.K. Rowling's hateful because I don't even I don't even necessarily believe that. But this is what, you know, people would say of her. It reminds me of, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s when people were saying like, oh, if you play halo or call of duty violent video games these first person shooters it means you're going to become a violent shooter someday you know what i mean and i, I was I just like i'm pretty sure senators still say that oh goodness gracious it's just it's just i i just don't see how uh i just don't see the logic in that in that argument meanwhile it really it also shows how little research they've done because if you actually looked into this game at all you would see that it's very accepting of all views. And I mean, like, even as a, uh, I don't know if you guys want to use this as like a transition, but I mean, even in the character creation, mm -hmm. you know, you can essentially create your character. However uh, you want them to yeah, be. However you want. Notice yeah. how I said them. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, the last thing I will, <laughs> the last thing uh, I will say about the JK Rowling thing is that, um, in all honestly, J.K. Rowling is already richer than the monarchy of England. You know, it's like, you know, so is is her pocket going to be hurt from getting less royalties on this video game? The answer is no. And the answer is no. And she is not going to notice it one bit. Um, and any money that she makes off of this game is a drop in the bucket compared to the, you know, what she already, you know, the wealth that she's already accrued over her career. Um, which, you know, coming from being a single mother who was homeless at one time, mm -hmm. like, you know, is 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 also a story that we would find admirable. You know, this person who's who's risen above that situation. But the people who are really being hurt by this are the developers of the game who have no relationship or affiliation with J.K. Rowling. And uh, they've they've dedicated their work and their time to creating this game. Um, and like Jason said, I feel like they they've. They've made a game that is, you know, even amongst the community that has become so uh, antagonistic against Harry Potter is very accepting of that community. Um, yes. Like in character creation, you don't choose a gender. Um, you don't choose between male or female as far as your body is. You know, it's not it's not like a Skyrim when you create your character. Um, oh, it's not like or wizard or witch. Well, this is this is the way it works is you you choose between like a a large list of preset um, kind of uh, faces and bodies. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, you have you have, you know, male and female bodies, um, but they don't say in the character creation to choose if your character is a boy or a girl. They're not um, labeled male, female, which wizard they're, they're labeled. Not, they're not labeled set that one way, no. preset two. So also. Um, there's like nothing gendered except for the end, which is the phrases witch and wizard. Even like when you choose your character's voice, it's not, you know, male voice and female voice. It's voice one and voice two. You know what I mean? Like, and so you choose pitches between those voices. So you can have any combination of preset body, you know, male, female bodies and male, female voices, you know, with voice one, voice two. And also at the end, you choose if your character is in the witch's dormitory or the wizard's dormitory, which, you know, is pretty freaking progressive for a uh, time period of the 1890s. <laughs> right. You know, British private school in the 1890s, where you look at British schools today and they're still boys and girls separated, <laughs> um, at least in the muggle world. You know, it's, it's, it just seems uh, interesting because there's even uh, a transgender character who is uh, the owner of the three broomsticks, who is a proprietor of the three broomsticks, who as far as the character of Sirona Ryan is, um, and that's the name of this character, I really like Sirona because Sirona is a person who has strong moral quality to them and is willing to stand up for, you know, your character, 
and people who are being, you know, victimized by, you know, the, the, what's the word antagonist yeah, of the story. True Gryffindor. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a character who is, who is good that is put in there and not just somebody who's a side quest either, because you go back to Serona and back to the three broomsticks multiple times, even though I'm like level 30 and am only in chapter two of the story. There have been several points where I've had to see Serona at the three broomsticks. You're like the, the story keeps going back there. And so it's not just a one off character. Um, but there's also a lesbian couple that is in the uh, story as well that you, you can see throughout the world. Each one of the couple has their own side quest, I believe. But this person, she introduces you to the uh, to the Merlin trials, which is a big aspect of the exploration and uh, part of the puzzles within the world in the open world that's there. Um, people have had backlash against this character um, and and been calling it a tokenization, you know, or even been saying that it's an underhanded, like backhanded comment to the transgender community. Because, like, you know, it's Serona, and they're, like, highlighting SIR in that Serona, you know, and that's that's unfair, because the name is a Celtic name for the goddess of healing, yeah, so it's, it's literally a feminine name, and that just, that's not how words work, right? So, once again, we just go back to people who just don't do their research, yeah, and just want to jump to a conclusion mm-hmm. that is wrong. Right. It's confirmation bias at its finest. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's like we, we kind of set ourselves into camps and we want to justify our reasoning for thinking the way we do, you know, and it's like I'm going to latch on to anything that I can use as evidence for what I already think. Um, but it's like nobody would say if this character's name was Amanda, that people would be like, see, uh, man, duh, like, <laughs> duh, it's a man like that's not how names work. You know, it's like every, every girl, every woman who's named Amanda is not and like, nobody's saying that that's a man. Um, right. It's just, it's just, it's a, it's a silly thing. And it's like, uh, you're kind of slapping away an olive branch. I feel like, you know, that this is that like the developers kind of went out of their way to, to create this, you know, kind of, I would use the word inclusive, right? <laughs> inclusive yeah, yeah. world. So all in all, the three of us are encouraging everybody to who would want to play the game to play the game. Don't let anything hold you back. Don't let voices um, that might say otherwise impact whatever your decision is on whether or not you want to play the game or not. As a Harry Potter fan, I would love to get my hands on this game, but I have to wait until the Switch releases it up until July. So, oh gosh, oh, I know. I it's gonna be a long you, couple months. So we're going to try to keep this spoiler free as much as possible. But let's talk first about character creation and our impressions with that. Uh, Jay, I mean, Jason, you've got a lot more gaming experience than I do. I mean, I my my gaming experience is pretty much RPGs and Pokemon. You know, it's it's basically (laughs) just Pokemon and RPGs, you know, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls and Knights of the Old Republic, you know, but uh you definitely have a wider range of uh, of gaming genres under your belt uh, that you that you subscribe well, to. Uh, <laughs> what were your thoughts? I, I I would say I am I do stick a lot uh, to uh, RPGs, um, but in a lot of the RPGs I play, like I play like the Assassin's Creed series, uh, like the God of War series, like stuff like that you have a character already built so you there is you don't need to create anything that really most of the customization is in yeah, hairstyles maybe tattoos uh, things like that but that being said i also do play some games like fifa where you can edit things down to nose position nostril mm-hmm. size you yeah. know like uh, the angle of your eyebrows. I, I mean, the, it is, with. yes, it is very, very detailed. Mm-hmm. And this, this game is kind of in the middle where you have your presets. Um, there's only what, 16 or 20 of them maybe. And of course, half our guys, half our, well, I should say 
half are a, a male figure, half are in a female figure. Mm-hmm. I feel like we just um, said yeah. you just said <laughs> right. the same thing in two different ways, but you know, we'll continue. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll tiptoe, but we'll we'll continue. You know, <laughs> and I'm sure too. Some of them are for different um, racial or ethnicity. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Features, you can right? choose your your skin tone, and there's also like. I, I like that it's a uh, it's a diverse uh, range in undertones of skin too. You know what I mean? Where it's like you can tell if somebody is creating a character that would be from a Middle Eastern ethnicity apart from one of like a Hispanic ethnicity. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, by the undertones even of the skin tone. I know in a lot of games it's like some people like making choices uh, where it's like, well, do I want to look like I'm, I? I'm from Iran, but it's like, do I want to look like I'm from Africa or do I want to look like I'm from South America, you know, in this game? Um, so I do appreciate that that's the the option that they went with. And I also feel jealous because, you know, I'm that basic person who picks who has to just, you know, admit that I'm the whitest vanilla oh, base yeah. set, um, <laughs> that exists in every <laughs> single video game. And it's my greatest shame. It's my greatest yeah. shame that I'm like. Oh gosh, I really am that pale, aren't I? Yep. Oh, for sure. Uh, yep, I did the same thing. I, I guess. I guess at the end of the day, I was a little disappointed in that there weren't some more customization options. Um, you know, they do have a decent number of hairstyles, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you what, I ended up having to pick one that w- was not was not as becoming as I would have liked. All right. <laughs> um, well, I remember but, this was a thought process that we had when I called you after I got the game, but then had to wait three hours <laughs> for my slow internet to finish downloading <laughs> downloading on my uh, Xbox. But we were talking, we were just like, man, I feel like, so this is a, your character is a fifth year student. So uh, like, I feel like I need to have, you know, 15, 16 year old me's hair, you know, and, but thankfully it didn't exist. And Jason gave me the, the words of wisdom was like, I think that you should give the uh, the hair that you wish you had when you yeah. when you were sixteen, which I know I know that was a little bit of a diss to me, um, because he's familiar with what my hair looked like when I was sixteen and had. I will say that that Justin Bieber front bang swoop was was very in style. It was in. Back it in, was back in time. Oh, very. Yeah, no, I was I surprised that Jason didn't go with the two thousand and ten Jason, also with know, the Bieber right? sweep. All right, listen. It wasn't really a Bieber swoop. It was more like a more like Abercrombie and Fitch uh, catalog <laughs> oh, yes. swoop. You yes. know what I mean? <laughs> right more off like the front a, page. More like, right. Yeah, it looks like he was in an ad for uh, a cologne where there's a waterfall in the background. You know, it was that kind of look. That hits closer to home more than most of you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but listen, we're in a magical world. I mean make 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 it how you want uh, you know like uh, at the end of the day you know there would have there probably would have been spells to fix your hair anyway so whatever i and am really excited because i do think that i've seen my exact hairstyle in the game can't wait yeah yeah i think it actually I, I did There's see one. that and i was like well mm-hmm. i know what one which one jay's picking and then yeah. <laughs> i knew it i was like well i know what, what one justin's yeah. got that's the biggest thing for me is if I can get like the character to look as much like me as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's if I can't be... do that, I'm just not into it. You know, you look at the last couple Pokemon games, and I'm like, man, Legends Arceus, set in feudal Japan era. I got nothing. Got nothing that I really <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this game it's going to be a little difficult to do that, but you also have to think again. Uh, yeah we're playing this as a bunch of 30 year olds as mm-hmm. and we're creating yeah, yeah. ourselves at 15 years old so yeah sure. we're we're already a bit delusional as it is one right, thing right. i've heard though that i'm not a huge fan of is that you really don't get a, a choice in body size like you get the different templates but it's not necessarily like a a wide range of like height or weight that you can adjust to really like yeah. feel like you're in the game I don't think not, there's any yes. kind of weight or height yeah. uh, adjustments. It's it depends on whether you choose a, a male or a female body. Yeah, by not a wide range, I think you mean no range at all. Is what is right? What, <laughs> and so answer. yeah, you've got the presets, but really with the presets, you're you're basing it more on something for your face and your skin tone and your hair. Those mm-hmm. are the three main things that you're you're looking for in the presets. 
um, along with, you know, yeah. I think primarily would for most people would be the male and female body, um, which I'm sure fits most people in England in Brit Oh, in England. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's 16, I believe, different faces um, that you can choose from, um, I guess, 32. Um, if you count, you know, the differences in the, uh, you know, our uh, our sexually dimorphic species. Um, but there's there's so there's like 16 heads, uh, 32, I guess, in the grand scheme. But you can only choose 16 from your uh, preset selection. Um, there's plenty of hair options really a lot of hair options and i think they're all pretty pretty period accurate um i would describe them as you know victorian uh mm -hmm. kind of esque look they kind of you think about like uh you know you want to be you want to look like the handsomest guy in a civil war photo well we <laughs> got great news for you because these <laughs> hairs are fire you know it's like yeah uh there are a couple ones where i'm like uh i don't know if they had those bangs in the right. 1800s but yeah you know. right also i was gonna say is like it's not it's it's period accurate in terms of like what what is that new show that, that like uh that show that's on netflix Br bridges of or something oh, bridgerton bridgerton it's like yeah you're gonna you can look like those guys or those girls like it's it's the it's period accurate but you're it's super like the hot. jane austen <laughs> it's jane austen period you know where it's like <laughs> It's it's kind of kind of accurate if everybody had gorgeous hair, you know. Yeah, it's if like, everybody if everybody showered every day and didn't and instead of washing themselves in a in a wooden tub once a month, right? I've got like a Mr. Bingsley pompadour, you know, from Pride and Prejudice. That's what my <laughs> yeah. what my character has, you know, which actually isn't too far from the hair that I had in uh, college. But it's like, you know, is what it is. I. I was pretty uh, content with how the character creator was like what you said, Jason, I'm kind of used to the, uh, the much more freedom in character creation uh, where you're able to control even like the, you know, angle and slope of the nose um, width of the jaw length of the chin distance from, you know, the mouth to nose to chin oh, ratio. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know, in one way, I'm glad that those things are gone though, because I just know every streamer, creates the most absurd looking character they possibly can you know with <laughs> yeah, eyes sure. that are right next to the ears uh you know and stuff like that and they've got orange you know uh skin uh like an oompa loompa or you know u.s presidents and uh they've got you know <laughs> former got, u.s president well you know hey they always call you mr president though it's, it's <laughs> hey you even go to george bush jr and they're still calling him mr president <laughs> But you've, you've got like uh, people just create the most absurd, ridiculous, ludicrous looking things. And I'm glad that that's not able to be done because I know I like for me, whenever a, a new game comes out, I want to watch, you know, videos on YouTube of tips and tricks. And it always seems like the people who make the tips and tricks videos are going to make the stupidest looking character you've ever seen. That is like no, no human being in the history of the world has ever looked like that. Um, and that's like the goal that they have. Like, I'm just going to create the most di like yeah. distorted, like even, even sloth from Goonies would be like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> even sloth from Goonies would be like, Hey, you guys look at this. <laughs> so you create your character and then you plunge right into this wide open world. There's so many things to explore in this game that I think Rob said that he spent all night playing from nine o'clock in the evening until six o'clock in the morning. And I asked him the next morning, how far did you get in the game? And he said, oh, I haven't even left the castle. <laughs> I haven't even left like the West Wing of the castle. Yeah, I was still in the astronomy tower. I was just, I was stargazing. And one last thing for character creation. This isn't something that I thought because my wife, a member of the Squib community has uh, has has been playing the game, you know, and this is Good the person her. who could not handle Lego Batman three. Mm -hmm. Tried sitting down and I was like, hey, six year olds play Lego Batman. It's going to be great. And she kept attacking me every single time, kept breaking me into little pieces. And I was like, babe, the name of the game is Lego Batman. If there's one person in the entire game, you should not be attacking it's Batman, all right? You're Robin, I'm Batman. Quit hitting me, please. 
It's a good thing this well. game isn't co-op. <laughs> and so I was I was concerned, but uh, but she actually is enjoying the game. Um, and he's even like, hey, will you stop playing? I want to play the game. Um, it's like, usually it's like, hey, will you stop playing? It's three in the morning. Now she's <laughs> like, hey, I want to play. <laughs> hey, you know your turn is between 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. Exactly. You have a tight slot, tight 30-minute slot right after dinner. You know it. <laughs> um, I get no. the time slot right before Betty Bedtime. No, no. Usually it's like, uh, you know, I'll take over and I'll watch Josie, you know. And I don't I don't mean to say like I'm never watching Josie uh, when I say that, but it's like if she wants to play, I'll watch I'll watch the baby for a little bit. You know, it's uh, you know, we'll take we'll I'll, I'll take the shift and, you know, and enjoy some baby time. Um, and usually I get to do my, you know, gaming after she goes to sleep. But Alicia, when she was creating her character, her comment was this, that she was she was disappointed because all of the characters look really British. Set in Britain. <laughs> and I don't even know what that means. But when I pressed her on it, all she said was, well, everybody just looks like Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch. Not really any mm. distinguishing features, nothing specific. You know, I get it, though. Just, I get it. She was just like, why does everybody look so <laughs> British? And I was like... <laughs> Interesting. I was like, I love how that was your takeaway from character creation. But the game launches you from character creation into the world and uh, kind of just drops you into a quick cinematic scene and then uh, launches you into the game where you're moving about and kind of walking around um, and learning and getting exposition as you're on the go and getting used to the different uh, controls and things like that. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, I don't know how you felt, Jay. Uh, and Jason, but this uh, intro reminded me a lot of like the intro to Skyrim where it's like, you know, kind of like that cinematic feel, but it was even more freedom than that. And I remember back on the night of November 11th, 2011, when Skyrim <laughs> dropped. What a night. And I spent. Yeah, yeah. It's been that we, long. I was, with, uh, I was with Lizzie and Abby's brother, and we went to CeCe's Pizzeria, which is disgusting but we were you know <laughs> college age people so we were like hey let's go get some cheap uh all you can eat pizza that's right next door to the GameStop, um and kill some time before they uh set up the lines for uh people to have be ready for the midnight drop and because it's cc's uh pizza and it's the worst it's open till like 10 you know so we were like at cc's pizzeria uh till 10 play big uh big buck hunting and then, uh, you know, we walked over to GameStop for that for that reveal. I went home. I texted Justin because I got the game an hour before him. And I was just texting Justin live as the intro was going. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And I haven't done that really since until last week when this game came out. <laughs> and I was sitting there. I'm texting Jason. I'm texting Justin. I'm like, oh, guys, this is amazing. Absolutely stellar. I just thought visually it was fantastic. What I really appreciated, uh, not necessarily when I played it, but when I watched Alicia play, because she's not really familiar with a lot of uh, video game controls and really uh, has a lot of difficulty with the two joystick system where you have to move and turn at the same time. Yeah, she's um, a GoldenEye player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's She would do great with GoldenEye, you know. You don't on, have to aim or anything. Moment. You just run around. Just yeah, run yeah, around just, and hold down the shoot running. button right next to somebody it's basically a game of tag with guns and she i i got to see her experience it and she really enjoyed the intro because what i thought they did really well was they kind of walked you through in a way that wasn't handholdy and railroady uh to us to an extreme degree um and it wasn't weighed down with too many cutscenes, but it really allowed you to get used to the different controls and the different things to this game, the different interactions that can be made. Is somebody playing something right now? It sounds like somebody's pumping up a ball. <laughs> like if somebody's pumping a basketball. Oh yeah, I was fighting I was fighting some spiders in the dark forest. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> I was like, is, is Jason blowing up a soccer ball right now? <laughs> like in play? My, my bad. I forgot the sound comes through the controller because I have my volume all the way down. But yeah, don't worry, guys. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was listening intently. I promise. 
Listen, Jason. Uh, so, what what were your impressions on uh, your first impression on the game from the intro with the cinematic? And we're gonna keep it spoiler free, but you know, right. just thoughts on uh, no. the game's performance as a whole. Yeah, I thought the intro was interesting uh, because you know it, it it makes sense why everybody knows you come in as a fifth year. It makes sense that you kind of like that you already kind of know a little bit and they kind of explain that mm-hmm, that you're not a novice magic right character. you're right you're not coming in as like a first year who just found out that you know they're a wizard all of a sudden uh-huh. um and it would let's be honest it would suck to be in those 101 right. classes where we're like <laughs> right. all right yeah it'd be like guardian like, leviosa is this like billy madison in hogwarts like what is hey. this? um <laughs> <laughs> so, Junior. <laughs> so i thought they did a good job setting it up you know and then of course you have your skyrim moment where, where all of a sudden you're thrown into some action and the and, intro is crazy like yeah. i was i was like man things got things got real and it was it was awesome i mean there's vision I, and i can't feel like i can't do this as a spoiler you know but there was there was also fine attention to the detail of the harry potter lore that I really mm-hmm. enjoyed in sure. there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think they did they did a good job with the intro setting things up and they, they really they they get you right into the story. Um and they set up, you know, like kind of what makes you the main character in this story. It's not like Is you're it just safe some... to say you are the chosen one? Mm. No, not 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 quite so. Um, but it does explain in the way that it's like your your character possesses kind of a unique gift. Um, that explains why your character has such a quick progression in in their ability. Right. And the boy who lived, not the boy who died. <laughs> <laughs> what is that even from? I don't know. Abby and Lizzie just keep repeating it on every podcast. I don't know. Abby and Lizzie say it all, and I'm feeling <laughs> left out. I'm left out of the joke. <laughs> I just thought that I was the only one that didn't get it, and so I just haven't said anything until now. <laughs> I remember that from the Christmas cup. They they brought that up at the Christmas cup, and I was like, "It's funny," but I feel like I just I, is that from the books? <laughs> <laughs> so you go through the intro, and you have these different tutorials, right? About like just kind of the basics of the game, the mechanics of the game. What did right. you guys think about with like the combat or casting of the magic as it's walking you through? Does it feel like it's authentic, or does it is it, it's not like roll? It's not like um, turn-based style, right? It's all in action. No, it's in, all it's all action in time. Uh, combat. Yeah, yeah. Live. It's live action combat. I don't live know action. how you right. how you would yeah, say if, that. Real time. Real for time. anybody who's familiar with uh, yeah, like the games I talked about, like Assassin's Creed, God of War. You have like your main move set, whether it's you know PlayStation or Xbox, like your main your four main buttons. Then you can like press a button to have a different move set. Um, it's pretty. It's in depth, but it's not complicated. There, it's not there overwhelming, is a, right? There is a lot to remember. You just have to know where. As long as you know where everything's mapped, mm-hmm. you'll be fine. And the game does a good job of allowing you to really uh, map enough spells, um, because even though you have the four buttons, um, there's a couple of talents which are like feats or perks um, mm-hmm. that you yeah, can I've acquire. Um, yeah, I know I didn't, it's like you unlock talents, uh, you have to be like level five to start using them. Uh, and so I didn't get talents until I was like level 19, uh, because I just, <laughs> I, I oh, got great. so lost in exploration, you know, it's, right. uh, so one thing I will say for anybody who is interested in getting the game, but you haven't yet, or maybe you're just starting the game, um, just go through the story, go through the story for the first chapter you know, um, you know, unlock some things and uh, make and it to Halloween. The world opens up even more. You know, my problem is I've got that shiny, uh, shiny light. I'm like that one kid. Uh, Jay, do you remember that? Uh, that remember when we we, did, we uh, were leaders at that uh, kids camp? You had that one kid, Armando. Armando, he was always wandering off. He was always distracted <laughs> by every little thing. And it's like, all right, guys, line up, boys. We're going over to the lunch hall. Hey, where's Mondo? Mondo is off while getting a firefly, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's off picking up, uh, what, what are those like lace wing flies? Yeah. yeah um, I, getting, I, you getting... wouldn't believe the amount of lace wing flies I already have. And then I'll never need. 
You know, with how with how peeved off that Snape was that he was missing some lace wing flies, <laughs> made me think that they were super rare and super like hard to come by. Apparently, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. I mean, yeah. and every time I see them, whether that's that or the jumping toadstools, um, yeah, it's like whether it's that or jumping mushrooms. I know I've got a hundred of them in my inventory. Oh yeah, I know that. I'm still picking up every single one I come across. Oh, no doubt. And I don't even know if I can sell them. It's like I can use them in potions, but it's like, man, I'm just picking up everything. I got every single, like, I want to investigate every different uh, nook and cranny of the mm -hmm. castle. Um, they have a lot of things that are hidden that you have to reveal through uh, the Revelio spell. And uh, a lot of it is like lore-based uh, entries into what you have as a field guide. Um, which is kind mm. of explained as like, hey, you're a fifth year and you need to get on the fast track to being uh, associated and being familiar with the school. Mm -hmm. And so they give you a field guide and they're like, oh, it's missing a bunch of pages, though. You'll find them all over the castle um, and you unlock like achievements. And, you know, it's part of the challenges to find the find those field guide pages that are hidden until you reveal them with the Revelio spell. And I was like, uh, I'm going to find all of them. <laughs> it's like. Haven't even left the uh, intro. I haven't even gone to my first class. I'm just wandering the halls looking for pages. I was like, how can I go to charms class when there's pages out there just floating around? What can charms class teach me that these pages can't? <laughs> well, the this game, I knew this game was going to trigger all of my like worst fears in these games because I'm a completionist. Yep, yep. Mm -hmm. And I knew, I even texted Rob, we were talking before, the game came out like i know i'm gonna have to go find what did i say like a uh, hundred um we thought it was gonna be cornish pixies yeah we're, i'm gonna we, have to go we find a hundred sure yeah. thought cornish it was gonna pixies be cornish around pixies. the castle no instead it's 475 hogwarts pages scattered <laughs> around the world oh my gosh it's even worse it's even worse than i thought oh man i wish it was an exaggeration but it's uh if that's not the exact number, it's not far off. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, it, I've already crazy. found 20 something of them in Hogsmeade. And I, I checked the challenge and I still have like another 40 to go. And I'm like, I, there's literally nothing in the sky. I yeah. don't know where these are. Yeah, there's like 80 in Hogsmeade. Um, oh. Well, it's like some of them you can only get after you've uh, been able to unlock uh, things with the Aloha Mora spell. No, that makes um, sense. You have to progress in the game. Yeah. So there I is. So even though the game is open world, it does kind of section off um, mm -hmm. certain spots of the castle that are locked um, that you need to learn Aloha Mora to be able to enter into. You can't um, enter the Chamber of Secrets until you've learned how to speak Parcel Tongue from I'll your roommate sleeping. Yeah, it's like I got there. I got to the prefect's bathroom, the girls' prefect's bathroom. And uh, I just uh, I walked up to that sink and I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to be there, but I'm going to beat Tom Riddle to it and I'm going to kill the basilisk before it. I, I felt like I was a time uh, traveler. I felt like it was back to the future, you know, so I put on my Marty McFly jacket in my uh, in my inventory <laughs> and I watched. <laughs> you know what the like, biggest dick move would have been? We got to get back. <laughs> You know what the right. biggest dick move would have been? Would have been if the game producers or the game designers would have designed the girl's prefect's bathroom and you could go over to the sink and there's an option to interact with it and you're like, oh, yes, I can go down to the Chamber of Secrets. And then you just click on it and it turns on the water. Oh, that would have, oh, man, that would have made me so mad. And you can do that with, like, the toilets, you know. The toilets are jinx that just, just explode and turn into a geyser. One thing yeah. I was kind of disappointed in, you know, you have like all these different things that you can have that you can explore. Right. And it's such a huge map. And I get it. You know, with the huge map, it's hard to fill things in. And so you have people, other students around the campus that are just kind of sitting there and you look at him, you're like, he is zoning out yeah. right now. And then there's other people that look a little bit more casual. But the biggest thing was like, man, there's so many different objects that are hidden around the castle and around the world. And yet the only things that you can interact with is every globe 
that can spin inside can the spin Hogwarts grounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you go into one room. Oh, hey, look, a new globe that I can spin Not around. just that, but you can pick up and drink from every single cup in the entire case. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't believe like, how much butterbeer I've drank so far. Oh, was this your tea, Professor Ronan? Tastes great. I now, love Jason, <laughs> Jason, I feel like you would have figured this out, but I would not expect Rob to have figured this out yet. Do you know that you can go over and just pet every cat that's roaming around the grounds? It's, 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 it's oh, own yeah. little sequence that you can oh, just you go can... over and you're expecting this awesome interaction between you and the cat because it looks like a new cinematic that you're going down and you're like bending down. It's like the cat is an animagus or something. It's going to pop up and it's going to be like a wizard or a witch. Nope, it's a maledictus. Yeah. Just a cat. This is Norris. <laughs> just a cat, and you don't even use anything to like do something cool with it. You just kneel down and pet it, and then you go back to the game. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. <laughs> I'm fully expecting to that there's some challenge where you have to pet 100 cats to unlock something. So everyone I see, you better believe I'm petting. Them. It's a hidden challenge. Oh, I'm, it's definitely. Jason's just waiting for he, the day that he pets one of the cats, and all of a sudden it pops up, and it's like, bring yeah. <laughs> twenty points know. added to my profile. Nice. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna be like twenty points for Slytherin. Nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what the the castle is immense, and you really get the sense of the immensity of of Hogwarts, um, and also how easy it is to get lost. I spent three hours, three hours chasing down uh, these, you know, 16 things that are hidden in the castle. You have to find flying keys. Um, this isn't a spoiler with any of the story, but you have to find these flying keys and they're small and they're all over the place. I had one key left. So for like, oh, no. it was like an hour. I was just because I found a lot of them and uh, I didn't really focus on it all at once, um, except I have like three left. And they're not like, like well, randomly generated really down. They're all just um, in no, specific they're in, locations. they're in specific locations. So oh, it's like you sucks. could, if you wanted to just look up a YouTube video, because I'm sure somebody has made that me. That's not my style. I got <laughs> to go find it myself. You have to search every inch of Hogwarts grounds. <laughs> I have to find it myself. I have to solve the puzzles on my own. You know what I mean? It's like, I hate to admit defeat in, in my, and it's like, I sure I'd be saving myself time and effort and tears. Yeah, and like, right. and arguments with my wife. It's like, what? What is wrong? What's going on? It's like, it's just, I can't turn the square. It's like I can't, I can't turn this block. And I'm supposed to be able to. I'm allowed. It, I, I, I was chasing it down, and I was getting lost, and I was just going in circles. It was like a Scooby Doo episode where they're running from the villain, but they just keep going in and out the same doors in the same hallway. It was that. I was doing that, but nobody was chasing me. <laughs> just, it was just me going around. But uh, one thing I will say I was really excited about because, Jay, I fulfilled a dream of ours. We've talked about this in our uh, courses uh, episode. Shout out to the uh, class schedule episode where we talked about the different classes available at Hogwarts. I found it. It took me a lot of searching, but I found it, Jay. You know what I found? The Toad Choir. The Toad Choir classroom. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I stood in the rafters, and I belted out some, <laughs> I got in there. There's there's literally nobody in the classroom. But I went in there. <laughs> no professor. No students. But I got in there. Five toads sitting there. We had a six-part sextet. I know I that's pulled out my, bad, but that's that is the official word. Like... <laughs> pulled out my pitch pipe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy, Hoggy, Hogwarts. Hoggy, Hoggy, Warty, Hogwarts. Yeah. Oh, is that what it is? Hoggy, Warty, yes. Hogwarts. Yeah. Hogwarts, Hogwarts, Hoggy, Warty, Hogwarts, which is also a deleted scene in the Goblet of Fire, because it's that scene where uh, you know the the ladies from Bo Battens come in. And they make butterflies come out of their dresses when they sigh. They're like, ah, butterflies. That's not a deleted <laughs> scene, is it? No, it's it's deleted because it was part of this scene where the Bo Battens people come in. And then the, the guys from Durmstrang come in slapping the sticks and doing parkour. Yeah. And breakdancing. And they're like, hoo, hoo, hoo. 
yeah like it was like skyrim it was like the soundtrack to skyrim uh and uh, it was like the soundtrack then, to the first song of frozen dumbledore stands up and he's like pretty impressive bow battens and Durmstrang. but i think it's time that us hogwarts students show them our culture here let's sing a song and it's literally like a sing-along where dumbledore projects the words onto <laughs> the wall like they're floating and it's like an it's like a 90s sing-along cartoon where it's like a bouncing ball moving across the words and they're all like hogwarts hogwarts hoggy warty hogwarts teach us something please it wasn't that wasn't in the movie that, that was, that in, was the in the movie, movie. It wasn't yeah. in. It was a. It's a deleted scene. No, it's in so the it's movie. Not, like, oh, it's in, in the, the movie. It's not. Wait, no. You guys are talking about in a uh, Prisoner of Azkaban, right? When they're uh, no. when they're skipping through the forest. No, it, it it's in it's in uh, Goblet of Fire. You described right. it perfectly. Not, Dumbledore stands up. <laughs> he stands up and he's like, "Well, welcome everybody to our school. Let us present to you our culture here. You see, yeah, I am a like, Welshman." <laughs> And in Wales, we love to sing. Say I'm a Welshman. Oh, man. That hit home for like three people who know what we're talking about and who have it's, listened it's to like, the past episodes. It's, it's <laughs> only a throwback to uh, to Pastor Robert Owen for past episodes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thanks, you guys, for joining us for this episode of the Slug Club podcast. If you like the conversation and you want to hear more, you can find the Slug Club podcast on Spotify or also on Apple Podcasts. If you want to join in on the conversation and give us ideas for new conversations, new podcast episodes, you can follow us on our social media at the Slug Club on Instagram or on Facebook. We'll see you guys later, but until then, mischief managed. The Slug Club podcast is a creative discussion between Harry Potter fans and has no affiliation whatsoever with Warner Brothers, J.K. Rowling, or any of their affiliates. All opinions expressed in the Slug Club podcast are completely our own. No house elves were harmed in the making of this episode.